0: It's all about Jesus and his resurrection as we've listened, read, talked about him risen from the dead. Let's do so again today, having heard what that looks like in our lives as a result, the first reading, and now we turn to another appearance of Jesus. For that, let's be seated. Or you may be seated. It is still Easter, you know, and I don't mean the day but the season. The Paschal candle reminds us of that as a sign of the living Jesus physically on earth after he rose from the dead. That stands here lighted to remind us of Easter as a season, but also to count the days till he returned to heaven. Oh, and yes, it's also Mother's Day. Did you remember? I did. I mean, how could I forget it? Or how could I forget her? I mean, where would we be without our mother? Okay, so maybe it's just my way of thinking and saying things. You'll get used to it. Where would we be without our mother? Well, whatever. But today, we want to keep her in mind lots of ways. But we can even, as we look at, think about, and focus on 1 Corinthians as was read. But especially this one verse, verse 6. After that, Jesus appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Fallen asleep, died, but in the Lord, and therefore not the harsh death, but the falling asleep in Jesus. I think it's not been ever really that I preached on that one verse. 500 people. Of all the appearances Jesus made in his resurrection, it was to an individual here, an individual here, and a small group of disciples, but here, 500 people. Who were those 500 people? St. Paul wrote that it was brothers and sisters. Well, we know that Jesus didn't have 500 brothers, he had four. And yes, in his physical family, Matthew and Mark tell us, he had sisters, however many, but not 500 individually or together. I want to know, maybe you too, when did this take place and who were these 500? But nobody really knows. And I think in some ways it really is beside the point. 500 is a point with lots of ramifications. It's a big number. I mean, if we would put 500 people here, I think we could squeeze 500 in here. That would be notable, don't you think? Not just an apparition, not just a dream, but 500 real people seeing the real bodily Jesus. I mean, that would be startling. That would be arresting, that would be inspiring. And you know, I'm sure it would be recorded in our church books. Just like St. Paul recorded in his letter to the Corinthians. Oh, and now mothers. Is there any connection between that? I'm not saying 500 mothers, but is there a connection besides perhaps mom's sudden appearances when and where we have least expected it not to compare jesus and mothers but mothers really comparing them truly mothers are really the heart and soul of the family in so many instances the glue the stabilizing force not always but many many times and here's the connection so is jesus the glue the stabilizing force, the heart and soul of God's people, those who hold to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It is around him and with him that we find our identity and we find our purpose. And it's no accident, I think, that the Christians in Antioch were the first ones to go by that name Christian. They called themselves... That to help them realize and others know that Jesus was the center, Christians, those who belonged to Him, one and all. And this is where I think the 500 come to play to teach us something deeper than just a number. This was a group of believers, a group of Christians. The names of those 500, their particular identities, they're not known except by the fact that they were believers. You know, I recall years ago, often being asked the question, Pastor, can I, can I be a Christian? And do I have to go to church to be a Christian? And I remember how I answered, well, you know, I, I guess you can be, but I'm not sure why you don't want to be together and go to church. And that's really more of an attack I've taken in recent years and to say, no, you can't necessarily be a Christian all by yourself. Certainly extreme situations, yes, maybe. But, you know, it was written in the book of Hebrews, a long sermon of bringing a lot of things together. The writer said not to forsake the assembling of ourselves, as some would do, because there's something valuable about being together, individually, yes, but together, even better, because after all, the church is all about relationships. Relationships with God, the vertical, but also relationships with each other. Bringing those together, that is church to be part of a group, to be part of a whole. This is our identity as God's people. That's why St. Paul could write also to the Corinthians, we are the body of Christ. Individuals, but part of a whole, under Jesus. Christians, one and all together with each other and our Lord Jesus. The Problem is that too often, we think of ourselves individually only as individual Christians. That's a problem. That's not the way it was intended. That's not the reality. So often we think only about an individual connection with our Lord. Perhaps when we think about our prayer in our prayer life that it's just me and Jesus or Jesus and me as someone like I would say, where there's that individual connection, and we don't go any farther than that. And it's especially a temptation, I would say, in a country in which we live where so much of independence is at the core and center of our corporate reality. But we are together in Christ. Okay, so I'm a hockey fan. Been for a long time even suffering through the 80s and these days with the red wings out of detroit but you know there's something i've noticed across the board with hockey players when they're interviewed and asked a question even a personal if as well a team question it always comes out of their mouth the word we you will hardly ever hear such an athlete talk about i or me. Maybe a few more in a few sports these days, but it's been for a long time in the hockey world. And it can be, it should be for us as God's people. It's not a matter of they are doing this, or they want to do that, or they are whatever. It's we, it is us together as the body. Of Christ and you know I'm very happy to hear these days that a lot of us have been missed have missed being together and I'm happy to see as you are happy to see more and more of us coming together physically in worship something so many have missed and can only participate in either not participate in or through a live stream event people anxious to get back and when you do get back happy because there's that sense of corporate identity of being together like those 500 were together as Jesus appeared it's about community our faith it is about relationships and you know the word that is so often said around here and so much important you know what I'm talking about the word connect connections, connections with God and connections with each other, the cross. That's our faith in its fullest dimension. And along this same line, the word fellowship pops into my mind and with it a problem too. The word itself is a good word, fellowship. But so often I hear it defined even indirectly as standing together and talking about the weather maybe over a cup of coffee or chomping on a donut. Maybe sitting down at a potluck and talking about the world and how terrible things are or whatever else, little stuff in our lives. That's okay, to a degree. But together in Christ, we have the chance to go deeper, deeper, and talk about our faith. In fact, I've isolated, at least in my own mind, for these purposes, at least four different blessings of fellowship. Corporate worship stands out. And and you realize that, those of you who are here, and those of you who long to be here, together we can worship, perhaps in a deeper way than by ourselves. We certainly can, and and do worship one-on-one with God, And perhaps with a small group maybe even our family but there's a greater more wonderful dynamic when we can come together as a bigger body and sing our praises to hear god's word together and to lift each other up to join in a confession of sin where we realize we remember together that we've fallen and to hear god's word of absolution that we are forgiven as a whole we are forgiven and a confession of our faith where we speak together of what we believe can be an encouragement one to another and that's where I think the second blessing comes in that is to be able to support each other Paul wrote in 1st Thessalonians 5 how he encouraged Christians then to support one another mutually. We can do that mutually together. That we express concern for each other time and again to pray, not just by ourselves, but to join together in prayer. The prayer of a righteous person is a powerful effect, the Bible says, but even together as we agree, we can present in powerful ways our prayers. And we can support each other through everyday means like food and favors and and just all kinds of ways that flow out of that. And and I guess here is a connection with mothers as I thought about it. Do you realize that God, our Heavenly Father, it's a connection there. It's a vision. It's an understanding there. But God also is described in terms of mothers and what they do. For instance, and I probably should have put this on a screen, but Numbers chapter 11, God compares his care with guess whom? A mother's care. In Psalm 131 says, God stills the soul like a mother stills her child. Or Isaiah in chapter 49, can a mother forget her nursing child, he asks. And he reminds us that God never forgets any one of us or the 66th chapter of isaiah god comforts like a mother comforts her child that's great to hear we have god's support we've got mother's support we have the support of each other a blessing of fellowship and also accountability you know with all the things we mention, accountability is a blessing of being together We can talk about accountability to ourselves, but that can slip and slide and not always be effective. But accountability to one another as we share our faith is hugely important. Maybe we get that with a spouse, with a family member or a friend, but it's extremely helpful for us in our lives, our spiritual living day by day. It's not about judging each other and where we fail and what we ought to do. It's about lifting one another up and helping each other when we fall or to prevent us from falling. And certainly a blessing of fellowship, of being together in Christ is spiritual growth. We can grow in our own, and I trust and pray we do, but we can learn with each other and we can learn from each other. You know, I guess For a long time in my life, I thought I had to know it all that was supposed to be in my head. But when I began to understand, to ask questions of those around me and even teachers that I grew and I grew better, I grew uh, deeper by that kind of spiritual growth with another or with others. And it's the same as we read our Bible or as we study our Bible together with a spouse, with a couple people in a small group organized, whatever. There's much to be learned in that fellowship, that being together. And that's especially important with new people as they come in, perhaps individually, that we remember that we are the body of Christ together. One but 500 or thousands or millions or even more. It's not a matter of what you can do for me, but what I can do for you. It's true. There's a couple pictures that I found and want to share with you. And the question is, what is the church or or where is the church? And as you look at the left picture, uh, you see it there. And it's easily and sometimes quickly identified that the church is that structure. And we got some people going to church. But you know that's not how the bible views it the bible views the people as the church not individually but together not on their own but in a fellowship in a group 500 more or less and the other picture on the right that begins to say more accurately how the scripture looks at who we are where there's all kinds of lines drawn to all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances people with christ in their heart people with christ in their life you and i together together with jesus we're better together it's the power of we as so often people say in other contexts today today we recognize and we remember our mothers we've got Flowers to give, to remember, and to honor. And we recognize and remember them. And I'm going to ask again, where would we be without our mother? You thought about that a second way yet? Where would we be without our mother? But more importantly, where would we be without each other? And where would we be without Jesus? I don't even want to think about that. I don't. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.